Morning glory, morning glory fam. Thank you for locking in again. I know I've been MIA in the past few weeks, but I'm back now. For those wondering what I've been up to, I started writing again on Medium and I've been doing it consistently now, posting one article a day for the past six weeks. And you know, my follow account, my readers have been growing like never before. So I'm super excited about that part. If you haven't checked it out, I'm going to leave the link to my profile in the description of this episode. However, if you're just here for the podcast, I'll let you to it. This episode is so, so full of value, so full of actionable tips for people looking for hacks on how to grow their podcast or just starting out or who've been in it for a minute now, but haven't seen their follow account grow as it's supposed to. You're going to find so many golden nuggets on this episode, man. It's over the hook. So I'm going to let you to it. Thank you again for locking in. Do not forget to subscribe and review this podcast. It helps me massively and it doesn't cost you none. So yeah, peace. Hey, yo, what's going on, fam? Thank you for locking in again. This is Clarity with TK Podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Ant Clausen, and we're going to talk about podcasting, podcast monetization, as well as digital nomading. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm really glad that I have so many questions for you, so I hope you're ready. Yes, I'm definitely ready. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. My, my pleasure, my pleasure. So let's talk podcasting. First things first, how did you get into it? I mean, it's not the most common thing in the world. Although today it seems like a growing niche, thank God. I feel like the pandemic exasperated the whole podcasting world. But how did you get into it? And when did you get into it exactly? Yeah, good question. Well, when I was a kid, I didn't want to become a podcaster. That's for sure. It was definitely not a thing, especially not as much as it is now. How I got into podcasting? Well, first of all, I listened to a lot of podcasts when I was in university. I remember that I would go to the park next to my house and I would just like go for walks there, listen to podcasts. And that is actually also how I learned about digital nomad lifestyle. So I listened to a lot of podcasts about that, about online business and travel, long-term travel. And these podcasts inspired me so much to then eventually also go out and do that, like do the thing, like start traveling. And that's also kind of how I got into the podcasting industry. My plan was actually to become a lawyer. So I went to law school, got all the degrees. I had the quote unquote dream job lined up. And then at one point I was just at the end of my studies, I was like, you know what? I really don't see myself do this. This as in the industry, but also this as in going into an office every day. So I decided to actually call them up and say, sorry, if this is not for me, like, please give the job to someone else. And I didn't really have a plan B. So as a true millennial, I went backpacking in Southeast Asia to find myself. So yeah, that's what I did. I went to Southeast Asia for a few months. I went to Australia to do a working holiday there. I think when you're under 30 years old, you can, from most countries, you can get a working holiday visa, which means that you can just work there and then also travel as much as you want. So yeah, I did some like random jobs there. At one point I worked at a strawberry farm. So I was a professional strawberry picker and that really gave me the time to think about my next move. I knew that I didn't want to go home and I was also done with just like these random, actually kind of shitty jobs. Right. I just didn't, didn't want to do it anymore. So I knew that I wanted to start some kind of career or thing get a little bit more serious about what I was doing for work not necessarily because I wanted a big career or anything but it was more like I wanted the challenge so that is when I started researching a little bit more how I could make that digital nomad thing happen and how I could earn an income online because that was my solution like okay I'm just gonna 
find a way to work online so that I could keep traveling. And I took a an online course to become a virtual assistant because that was what I what I found out. Okay, well, if I become a virtual assistant, I can just earn money helping other entrepreneurs. And it gives me the opportunity to figure it out. I thought that I could just like help people and see what they do and then kind of like figure out what I like by doing like a bunch of different tasks for them. So and what in, does a, a virtual assistant do exactly? A virtual assistant, they it's an assistant for mostly online entrepreneurs. So they do a bunch of different tasks. They can do like email management, but also social media. They can do some like light graphic design, but also data entry writing literally you name it like whatever is needed to support online business owners so yeah that was pretty interesting to dive into that course because it taught me a lot of kind of like the basic skills that are might be needed to work online and one of the modules was podcast management so when i saw that and i always listened to so many podcasts i was like whoa like this whole new world opened for me because i realized that there's a whole industry behind it i was pretty naive i thought okay well these people they just record their podcast into their mic and then it's there and i listen to it but there is like all these things that happen in between so yeah that's what i started doing for clients eventually i mean i started freelancing so got my first client and then my second client and it kind of kind of went from there you were freelancing as a podcast manager or what was yes Yes, exactly. Well, I actually started social media management and podcast management because I thought that social media management, well, it's kind of what everyone does and it seemed pretty easy. It is not easy. It is absolutely not easy. All the respect for people who do social media management because I realized that quite quickly that it was not it was not for me. It was not necessarily what I was good at. But then podcast management, that was actually what I really enjoyed doing. And also what was like relatively easy, especially compared to all the other things that I was trying to do. So, so yeah, that's how that happened. Yeah, and I guess that's because you love it and because you're good at it, that it's oh, that easy, right? Absolutely. I will say that finding clients that was not easy and building the business that was absolutely not easy that was actually really difficult but doing the actual work that was pretty enjoyable and also especially editing the audio that has always been my thing like i could do that all day um, really? yeah absolutely i know that many podcasts they hate it but that's, yeah that's a nightmare for me because it takes me way too much time and i try to make it as clean as possible and you know i want the experience to be unique and super smooth for the listeners so it takes ages to do that and if it wasn't for that i would be dropping episodes every day but if this podcast was monetized and making lots of money that would be probably the first thing i would outsource Yeah, that's honestly what most podcasters do. And I understand. I think it's also different when you have to listen to yourself the whole time. So if you go back into your own episodes, it's different. But especially going into clients' episodes, I also have clients that have really interesting content. So I just really enjoy consuming that content while I add it. Right, right. Yeah, that's actually a great way to look at it. You said something about getting your first clients and how hard that was. How do you market podcasting to brands? Because I feel like there's still so much to be done in that. Podcasting right now feels like Instagram back in 2011. 2011, 2012, Instagram was not so full of influencers. It was just people like you and I hopping on there, posting a picture left and right. And it feels like there are a lot of shows like that in the podcasting world and not enough brands. And I do get it. I mean, it's much easier to post a picture on Instagram than it is to make a whole episode and stay consistent. Do you think podcasting is going to grow in that direction in the future? 
Yes, 100%. Right now, as a brand, you just need to be on Instagram, right? I mean, there are not a lot of brands that don't have an Instagram presence at all. And I think that's also what podcasting is going to be. It's just going to be a must. And I'm really excited about that because in podcasting, you can do so much. You can share your story. You can share the story about values of the company of what people can expect working with the company and at the moment a lot of smaller businesses especially uh, small online businesses solopreneurs have podcasts which i think is a great move of course i'm very biased but it's a great move especially a lot of coaches have podcasts and i think there's good reason for that as a coach or as a solopreneur you need people to get to know you and to trust you to be able to buy from you And podcasts are awesome for that because it's long form content. Like you don't have 60 seconds on Instagram where people are just scrolling. No, like someone will sit down in their car or they will go on a walk. They will put their headphones on and they will listen to your podcast for 30 minutes, 45, an hour. That's a long time that they hear your voice and hear your opinions and the way you teach, the way you speak. So that's really powerful, I think. There will be a time in the near future even where brands just cannot go around podcasting anymore. Do you think people like yourself should go to these brands and knock on their doors and be like, you guys need a show and here's what you could do? Or do you think that will come from, you know, the brand itself? I think both. Sometimes I reach out to brands and say like, guys, you really need a podcast. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) I don't do it too often, like only when it's a brand that I really want to work with because it can be difficult to tell them why exactly they need a podcast and sometimes especially when it's a bigger company it's it takes a long time it needs to go through all these different like people layers and yeah so i do think that there will be in the future a time where they just they will all come to me they will all come to the podcast babes and we can help them (laughs) for sure and correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like the reason why podcasting hasn't become as big as social media is there isn't that one platform that sort of gathers all of the podcasts. There's so many apps. I had like three or four on my phone where I would just claim my podcast and, you know, there was a small community, but all of these communities were sort of dispersed, but there isn't one yet that caught the eye of, you know, the public because that's what you need. I mean, of course, there's Apple Podcasts and there's Spotify and Amazon and whatever, but all of these platforms have one thing in common, which is there's no interaction. All you can do is listen to the podcast and that's it. There's nothing else that you can do. You can share it or whatever, but there's no way that you can comment on there. There's no way that you can like. I mean, you can subscribe to the podcast, but you cannot necessarily like that one episode. You can add it to favorites, but it's a podcast. You don't necessarily listen to the same episode like you do music. So I feel like that's what's missing right now. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I think you have a good point. I think there is a lot of improvement that still can be made. I did read last week that I think both Apple and Spotify, I'm not 100% sure, like don't quote me on this, that they're working on a feature where you can comment on episodes. So I don't know if that is true, but I think that would be really, really interesting to see that. Spotify also recently released a feature where you can give stars so like between one and five stars to podcasts so that's also like a really recent development before that right. you could you could not do anything you could uh, it on apple Podcasts. yes actually. you can you know rate a podcast but that's because apple works like that like even the app store yeah. works like that so it exactly wasn't just for podcasts you know yeah no true i think there is a lot happening also in the industry because there are more and more podcasts there are more and more people listening to podcasts so they also like they kind of 
see the potential. I think a lot of companies see the potential of podcasting now. So that's super exciting. I think another problem or challenge that we have in a podcasting space is that you don't get that much data. So in your hosting platform, for people who are not podcasters, so what usually happens is you have a hosting platform as a podcaster. That's where you upload the new episodes and then you connect that to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all these different apps. So once you upload your episode there, it just goes everywhere automatically. And in your hosting platform also, like you can see how many people listen, where they listen, as in like what country or part of the world, but you cannot see that much more. Depending on your hosting, like there are some changes, but if you can see like how much I know about people who visit my website, like I know a lot about these people. It's a little bit, it's a little bit scary but then if you compare that with what i know about my podcast listeners it's like nothing (laughs) there's no data yeah and that also makes it difficult for podcasters to know what your audience likes like what does your audience want to want to listen to like who knows i just know which episodes they click play on but do they stop listening after five minutes i don't know That's reassuring to me because, you know, just yesterday, literally yesterday, I was looking for new platforms where I could sort of break down my data like I do on social media and, you know, yeah. Google AdWords and whatnot. And I tried a bunch of them, like a bunch of free trials, and there was nothing different. Like Anchor, Buzzsprout, all of them, they work the same. You just get your number of followers, the stuff that you already know, like the number of episodes, number of seasons, like who cares about that? And then you get male or female, and sometimes you get an age group. And that's practically it. Like you don't get anything else. And I feel like you can't do much with so little. Yeah, there is one hosting platform that I know that uh, provides a little bit more data. They're called Springcast. It's a dot company and they're pretty cool. They can show you where people pause the episode and where they stop listening, but then they don't have other stats. So it's like, it depends what you want to know. But I also know like they're also working on making their stats even better and giving you more data without, while also applying all the privacy laws and and things, especially in Europe. That's a big thing that they have to think about. And it's a European company. There is a lot changing though. I know that so many companies are working on improvements. So that's also really exciting. I agree with you that I think we're still quite early in the game and there's going to be a lot that's going to change. Thing is, podcasting has been around for ages now. I mean, yeah. It's not like a new thing. I mean, it existed like pre-modern social media, right? Thing is, like, it never really took off until like not too long ago, less than ten years ago, which is super young for an industry. Yeah, absolutely. I think the main reason why things are changing relatively fast now, if like compared to the twenty years that podcasting exists, is because there's just more and more money in podcasting. That's what drives innovation. If you can make money, if you can make money, then yeah, like people start doing it. I always keep an eye on like what's happening in the industry, of course, because that's kind of my job. And there's just more and more companies who also see the benefit of sponsoring podcasts, for example. For my podcast, I work with sponsors, so they give me money so that I can promote and that I promote their products or services on my podcast. But a lot of these companies, they they're also really new to this. Also, on the other side, a lot of podcasters have no idea what to do with sponsorships because there is not that much, like it's not well-known knowledge that everyone has. Like, okay, if a brand approaches you, hey, I want to sponsor your podcast, what do you do? A lot of podcasters, they have no idea. They they just say, "Uh, okay, like a hundred (laughs) euros and then what? So a lot of creators have no idea how to handle these things. A lot of brands have no idea how to handle these things. So I think there's also a lot of 
experimenting, education that we need as podcasters, but also as sponsors. So that's also something that we focus on at the Podcast Babes, exactly for that reason, because a lot of podcasters, they don't know what to do. That also makes it relatively easy to stand out as a podcaster. I have one sponsor on my podcast and he just keeps coming back to me for new campaigns, for new sponsored content, because he worked with several different podcasters and I'm the easiest to work with and I get the best results. Why? Because I put in the effort because I want my sponsors to be long-term relationships and I want them to keep coming back to me. And that's something that a lot of podcasters have no idea that that is even an option. Right. So if you are a podcaster, like also, also make sure that you are amazing to work with and see your podcast as a business. When you have a business and you work with clients, which are your sponsors when you are a podcaster, you would also update them and follow up with them and provide stats so that they know what's going on. Ask them what they even want from you. I think that's like the first question that a lot of people miss. If a brand approaches me to become a sponsor on a podcast, I ask, okay, cool. Like, what are you looking for exactly? Looking for brand awareness? Are you looking to make sales? Are you looking for people on your email list? How do we know if this thing is successful? How do you know if that thing is successful? We were talking about the lack of data and it's really hard to track. So how do you manage that? It really depends on what people are looking for or what brands are looking for. One thing that I always track is how many people click the links that I add in the show notes. But that also doesn't say anything, like not always. anything like sometimes people also just like they just type it out so it's difficult and i also tell brands that like listen this is the data that i can provide you i know it's not much but that's what i can do you know so they know that when they when we start a campaign but yeah no that is that is true it can be really difficult right how do you track those numbers like the numbers of clicks is your podcast connected to like google sheet or something or do you track that manually how does that work Uh, i use rebrandly I think there's also bit.ly they can also uh, track how many clicks you get on links it's not 100% accurate because if I say in the podcast go to this website and people just get their phone and type in the URL then I have no idea that they went there but yeah that's that's just how it is yeah okay let's talk a little bit more about monetization at what point should a podcaster consider monetization I'm assuming if you just getting started, you obviously need to grow your audience or community. And then at some point you start monetizing, right? Or does it work any other way? So I think it actually works another way, but I'm pretty much alone in this in this theory. Oh. But the way that I like to think of this is when you start a podcast, I think it's really good if you already think about how to monetize this thing. Even if you don't know the answer exactly, I think just considering your options can be really important. Why? Because that also means that you have something to look forward to, to work towards. What a lot of podcasters do, including myself, right? I made all the rookie mistakes. But what I also did, I started a podcast. I thought, okay, I'm going to be a podcaster. And then after a few episodes, it's not new anymore. It's not exciting anymore. Nothing really happens. So I stopped because I wanted to spend my time doing something else. Right. That's just something that happens a lot. It's really easy as a podcaster to just feel like no one's listening and then you just stop because why would you keep doing it? But if you already have some kind of idea, at least, that can be a reason to keep going. And that commitment and that consistency is really, really important. When to monetize your podcast? I think early, depending on how you want to monetize your podcast. If you are a coach, for example, like I already mentioned, a lot of coaches have a podcast. If you are a coach and you want to sell your coaching services on your podcast, you can do that literally from episode one. Now, I'm not saying that in episode one, 
you will talk 10 minutes about your coaching services because that's lame and no one wants to hear that at that point because people are still checking out your podcast they, you you still want to build that trust but you definitely want to mention it in your first episode that you offer it so then when people are curious then they can go check out your services that also means that there is no minimum audience size that you need to monetize a podcast if you have 10 people listening to your podcast maybe one of those people will want to work with you so then you have your podcast monetized done <laughs> the problem is when you focus on growing an audience and growing it more and more and more is there is always the next milestone so when you have 10 listeners and someone else has 100 listeners when you have right. 100 then someone else has a thousand and yep. there are also podcasts with millions of listeners so that means that there is always the next milestone so that means that a lot of podcasts they just wait and wait and wait and market their podcast and market their podcast and market their podcast and at one point they either might not reach these milestones and they just stop trying because it's taking so much time and energy and then they have to put money in instead of getting money out of the podcast there's like no return on investment that's a possibility or they have this massive audience that they're trying to sell to and it's not working and then what so i actually think that in most cases it is actually easier to monetize a small audience than to monetize a big audience because when you have a small audience you can test things right if you have 10 people listening to your podcast and you completely screw up and you lose these 10 listeners well the chance that you will find 10 new listeners is pretty high if you have 10,000 people listening to your podcast and you do something super insanely stupid and all of these 10,000 people are like bye i'm not listening to this podcast anymore well good luck finding 10,000 new people so that's also a reason why you want to start the process of monetizing your podcast early on in your podcast journey like start now and then once you have it figured out i mean i'm not saying that okay with this amount of podcast listeners with like 10 people you can have a full-time income and never work a day in your life again or i don't know like that's not what i'm saying right but when you already get this revenue stream started at the time that your audience grows your revenue will also grow because it's already there. You can really grow it at the same time. And there's also a lot of value in them being able to outsource things. Like you already mentioned, like once your podcast is monetized, get someone to edit it because it can give you the opportunity to create more content so you can grow your audience faster. You can spend more time on marketing. You can invest money in marketing your podcast so that you can make a bigger impact and get new people into your audience. So I think monetizing a podcast it's not only about making money. I mean, I love making money. I want to make money. But it's also about using that in a strategic way to then also grow your podcast even more and like amplify your message. Perfect. You touched on so many things and I have so many questions. So let's go ahead. <laughs> one by one. I'm pretty passionate about this. So I, yeah. could, I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> I can see that. Let's get at the first one, which is monetizing a podcast. So 10 people, 100 people. How do you do that? Like, is it by making a sponsor pay? Is it by making your listeners pay for your show? What are the best ways to monetize a podcast? Mm -hmm, yes, I'll give you some options to consider. And it really depends on the show. Like I mentioned, selling your own services 
whether you're a coach or consultant, I have a podcast management agency. So I, of course, sell my own services to my podcast management agency on my podcast. I would say that is probably the most profitable way to monetize a podcast because a big chunk of that cash is for you. Um, compared to other ways to monetize. That being said, that also means that you need a service to offer. Maybe you don't want to do all of that. Maybe you don't want to be a coach or you don't want to offer done-for-you services or whatever. Another way is to create digital products or physical products, honestly, but selling products is also a way to monetize a podcast. Could be to sell merch. That is super cool, but you need quite a big audience for that. When you have a small audience, you can also think about writing an ebook or creating a course. If your podcast helps people from A to B, then you can create a course to get people to see. Right. They already listen to you. You got yeah. them certain results and they want more. So why not give them that? You know, that's super cool that you can help your audience even more that way. So that's also a very profitable and very valuable way to monetize a podcast. Sponsorships, we already talked about that. There are platforms that you can flip a switch and they will just add random ads to your podcast. I usually don't recommend that because they don't pay very well because it's random ads. So they don't know who your listeners are. They also don't care. They just want as many people listening as possible to the ads. I think the average of what this pays is about $25 per 1,000 listens to the ad. Wow, that's really... A thousand listens, that is a lot. <laughs> and you don't have to, you can also work directly with sponsors, which is what I do. So brands approach me and they say, I want you to promote my products on your podcast. And I say, okay, cool, this is what I can do. This is what it costs. And then we set up a campaign and do that. So that's another way, which can also be super profitable. And that can also be a really good business model for podcasters. If you also don't want to do that, because honestly, it's more work than you might think. At least it's more work than I thought. Let me say it like that. Because you have to negotiate and send in invoices, know what these people want, like record ads, add it in. Like it is actually, it, it's work. <laughs> if you don't want to do that, if you don't have time for that, or you don't want to deal with, with brands, totally understand. You can also add affiliate links to your show notes, to your website, anywhere where people might look where you have your podcast. And an affiliate link is a link. And if people click that and they buy something that you promote, you get a percentage of that sale, or sometimes it's also a flat fee, but you get some kind of commission. That is probably the easiest thing to do. Like you can literally set that up in 10 minutes and never look at it again. But it usually also works best if you have a highly engaged audience and if you have quite a large audience. If you're 10 people who listen to your podcast, click that link and buy something and you get $5 for that every time someone buys something, it's still not a ton of money. But it's definitely an option, especially for like larger audiences. And then there's like you can create a membership, create a community around your podcast, paid content, like content that's behind a paywall where listeners will have to pay a few dollars or whatever to listen to that content is also possible. You can do events, you can do like all kinds of really cool, crazy things. So yeah, you can really get creative here. But I would say like this is probably the most common and most profitable ways to monetize a podcast. Awesome. And you once again touched on so many interesting things, but there's something I feel like we missed, which is how to grow a podcast to get to a point where you're actually selling to people. How do you do that nowadays, especially given that, like we said earlier in the episode, there aren't that many podcasts, but there's still a lot of them out there. So how do you manage to 
grow your audience in an organic way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Very important. And I think we actually went at things in the right order because I always teach my clients to monetize their podcast first and then grow their audience. So I think this is the perfect next step. Thank you for asking it that way. So yeah, how to grow a podcast? Well, there are a million ways to grow a podcast. Just like marketing a business, you can use all these principles to market a podcast. Some things that I see work well, for me at least, don't underestimate the power of consistency. What I mean by that is sometimes it might feel like no one's listening, like I mentioned, and it's very easy to just stop producing content. And that's exactly what I did with my own podcast, Digital Nomad Stories. After not podcasting for a while, I thought, okay, I kind of missed this and I think I didn't really handle this the right way. I want to try it again. And this time I'm going to do it completely different. I want to be so consistent for a year that people just cannot go around my podcast anymore. Like it's just always there. Every week there is a new episode. So that was actually my main strategy to start growing that podcast. And what happened is I've been consistently releasing new episodes every Monday for this podcast for a year and a half now. And what happened is at first nothing happened. Like there were not that many people listening. Right. And how I handled that was I really changed my mindset to I don't care who listens. I don't care how many people listen. I'm just in it because I love this. I love recording these interviews and it brings me so much joy and I can expand my network. So I thought, okay, I'm just here for the interviews. If people listen, cool. If no one listens, also cool. I don't mind. So at first, nothing happened for months. And then at one point, I saw that like slowly but steadily, like there were more and more people listening to my podcast. It was not a giant leap where one day to the next there was all of a sudden like 10 times as many people not at all it was like a few percent every month that came and sometimes it also went down a little bit and there was a month where there were not that many people listening i just wanted to mention this because i think that is probably the easiest way to grow a podcast is to just keep going so that is like tip number one just keep going when you feel like no one's listening keep going what i also recommend is at one point where I already saw that my podcast was getting a little bit of traction, I created a website for my podcast. There is a service called PodPage. I use that. It's really easy to create a website for your podcast. It's literally to create websites for podcasts. Like that's all they do. <laughs> and I think they're pretty good at it. It's really easy. You just click a template. All your episodes come to that website automatically. You can have your own domain name. And I decided to invest in that. And now what also happens is if you Google... My podcast is called Digital Nomad Stories. If you Google Digital Nomad Stories or Digital Nomad something, my website pops up. So that wow. means that especially brands that are interested in promoting things to a digital nomad audience, right. they probably Google Digital Nomad Podcast and then there I am. <laughs> but that's a really good name in terms of SEO though. Yes, exactly. Yes. So tip number two. SEO. I also feel like that's a like pretty easy thing that doesn't take a ton of time. So on one hand, I have the website and on the other hand, I also try to make sure that my titles have keywords in them. Usually my titles have something like digital nomads, travel, whatever keywords are relevant for you. But I always try to remember that to include at least one a keyword in my title. Your podcast or your episode description? Both, ideally. Both. Yeah, both would be ideal. So titles for SEO reasons, but also if your podcast is not growing, rethink your titles. 
A lot of podcasts, for example, have as a title the name of their guest. Right. And that's it. Which, I thought it was thinking. And those yeah. are like, they don't make you want to click. They don't make you exactly. want to Exactly. Because don't I don't know, know this person as a listener. Yeah. So I'm but never going to click this. Even if I do, sometimes I don't want to. I don't know what he's going to talk about. Maybe it's something that I already heard before. So if there isn't like that clickbait. Exactly. You have to give your listener a reason to start listening to the episode. So you can do it in a title. And also something that is very often underutilized is the first sentence of the description. In Apple Podcasts and Spotify, you only see one or two sentences and then it cuts off. You have to click into it to read the rest. So you don't want to start this with, in this episode, I talk about... Because then already like all these words are not interesting. So in the first few words in the first sentence you really want to catch someone's attention so that's also like a big tip but it's really easy to change this i'm also giving these tips on how to grow your podcast that are very easy and they don't take a lot of time because probably the most important thing is to keep going so just be consistent so that's why i think it's very important and then of course like be on social media tell everyone about your podcast like of course that also works guesting on other podcasts is also an idea but i would say like if you already do these things that i just mentioned i think you can already grow your podcast audience quite a bit well thank you for that do you think you should have had a website or a blog for your podcast prior or do you think it came at the perfect time and it only makes sense once you have a certain amount of this um i'm glad that i did it this way because i just had to focus on something and i decided to focus on that consistency and at one point I was super consistent with releasing episodes and I had that under control and it was time for the next step. I have the tendency to do everything at once (laughs) and then get super overwhelmed and stop doing everything at once. (laughs) Um, So this time I decided to go a completely different way and do it like this, so really step by step. And I'm really glad I did that because I do think that that makes it possible to still release content every single week and actually twice a week now but if i would have started with a website and instagram and this and that and doing reels and then also having people on and going guesting on other podcasts and that would have just completely overwhelmed me so i think there's not necessarily um, an ideal time or like perfect timing to do this i think at some point you're just kind of ready for the next step and then i think having a website for the podcast would make sense and for me that was also when I already had one sponsor who approached me and then I was like, oh, wait, this is pretty interesting. So brands are interested in my audience and in this medium. So then let's just try to get more of that. And a website really helps with that. Uh, But when you don't want sponsors anyways, it's not a must. Website is not a must in your opinion. I think it's an upgrade that you can do at one point. Okay, let's go back to the audience and how to best serve an audience. I know that you're big on that from what I gathered. And that's one of the most important things for you, at least as a podcaster. And that's something we share. I try to bring the best possible guests to talk about topics that I'm interested in, topics that could benefit my audience. For me, it's as important as being consistent with your content. So where do you stand on that exactly? And how important is that for you to grow an audience? I think... You hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's the most important thing. I would definitely agree with you that even before being consistent, you want to make sure that you provide value to your audience. I will say that sometimes 
maybe you have to experiment a little bit of what your audience finds valuable. Like I had episodes on my podcast that I thought, okay, people are gonna love this. They really need to hear this. And then it didn't perform as well as I expected. And then other episodes that I feel like, well, we talked about this a million times, they still perform really well. So there is a demand there. That's true. So I think, yes, make sure that you do this podcasting thing with a value first approach in mind but also be open to changes and use the data that you do have. I mean, we talked a lot about the data that we don't have, but we also have really important data, which is which episodes perform really well and which episodes perform less than average. And like these outliers, you definitely want to keep an eye on that to know what's happening there because it can have different reasons though why an episode might not perform as well. Maybe you didn't promote it as much as what you usually do. That's the reason. But when everything else is consistent and this episode is not performing well, could be the title, could also be the topic. Um, so keeping an eye on that is also a big tip. Thank you for that. Now let's do a little bit of this or that. I'm going to ask you a question and you tell me whether it's a blog or not a blog. Is a blog important? Is it not that important? First things first, a lot of podcasters are on YouTube and they have a video podcast. And, you know, before we started this, I told you this show is audio only, and you told me that yours as well. So before we get deeper into that, YouTube or no YouTube? No YouTube. No YouTube, okay. If I were to make a YouTube video for my podcast, do you recommend that or not? No, I don't recommend that. So what I see with clients and also just like in general on YouTube is when you just post your episodes, it's really difficult to get a lot of traction on YouTube. What YouTube wants is YouTube videos, like the videos that you see a lot on YouTube. So as a podcaster, you can 100% do YouTube, but you will have to change your content. You cannot just, I mean, you can just take the audio, put it over a thumbnail or some captions and post it, but it doesn't necessarily get you a lot of traction. You have to do more. and. If you have the time and space to put in a lot of effort into YouTube and growing that as another channel, that is something that I want to do in the future. But I know that it's going to take a lot of time, energy and learnings. Um, so that is why at this moment, I decided not to focus on YouTube, but just do audio only. Perfect. Facebook ads or no Facebook ads? Uh, no Facebook ads. Mm, why not? I think Facebook ads can be really cool, but I think it's always really important to think about the ROI that you're expecting. So when you put in money into Facebook ads and you get someone listening to your podcast, is that worth the money that you put in? I mean, what are you getting out of that? It can be really profitable and really cool. If you have a whole funnel, as in someone listens to your podcast, you tell them to download a free ebook that you have. Someone's on your email list then, and then you sell something and you make that money back tenfold. Yes, 100% do Facebook ads. But if you're just directing people to your podcast and you're paying for that, it's most of the time not worth the investment because also if, if someone sees an ad, they listen to your podcast once, there's also no way to contact these people again. When you have someone's email address, you can send them another email and say, hey, what did you think? Or hey, I have something else for you. But I would say most of the time, I would not direct people from Facebook ads to my podcast. Awesome. Re-releasing an episode or not re-releasing an old episode? 100% re-releasing an episode. 
Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. How does that work? <laughs> yes, I do this on my podcast. I'm on both of my podcasts. So reason is, I have so much content. And even people who would have listened to that episode last year, they don't remember that content. And when it's really good content, I want more people to listen to that. So new audience members, but also people who already did listen to it before. Maybe they need to hear it again. And I think every time I personally listen to a really good podcast episode and I listen to it again in a completely different setting, different stage of life or business or whatever, I take away something else. So that is why I think it can be so valuable to re-release episodes. Now, you don't want to do that like two weeks after you release the original content, of course. But like if it's a year later or a year and a half or whatever, or even a few months, I think it can be super valuable. And you can also get really creative with how you release it. So what I do on my podcast is on Mondays, we have a new full interview, full length interview on Thursdays. I take five to 10 minutes from a previously released interview about a really specific topic. Because in these interviews, we usually talk about a bunch of different topics. And in these Thursday episodes, I want it to be about one really specific topic because I think it's super valuable. It's super short so people can get like that quick tip. And it tells me a lot about what people want to hear. I've started doing that. And I took this from this YouTube channel that I've been watching for years. It's called Vlad TV. He does interviews with celebrities, basically. And what he does is he records something for like a couple of hours, but he chops them up into small chunks. Each question is a chunk. So it's like seven to 10 minute videos, super short. And he releases for days, literally three hours of an episode straight into like 10 minute things. It's like he releases maybe 20 clips for 20 days or for 10 days, two clips a day. And he does that for like as many days as he needs. And then he releases the full episode. And when I saw that and I realized I hated like watching three hour episodes or like a couple hour episodes, even with Joe Rogan, who's like the biggest podcaster on earth. I've never literally listened to like a full episode of his podcast. Like I love like just clicking on a title that actually speaks to me because there are so many interesting guests but i don't want to know about how they raise their kids like i don't <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like yeah. unless you're talking about a specific topic i don't click and joe rogan also does that on his youtube channel i don't know if he does that on his podcast but i don't think so another great marketer gary v gary vaynerchuk yep. he does that as well like he chops up his episodes old episodes new episodes and as long as they make sense he does that and so i started doing that with my clips and i realized that not only did i have more listeners on my podcast but people were sort of engaging a little bit more with me like through my dms on social media i stopped doing social media for like a month now for different reasons but up until that point people were like yo that clip was super amazing when is the episode release and it gets them like excited even for me sometimes i'm not done editing an episode so to give myself some time, I just release a clip or two during that week to keep my podcast, you know, up to date. I think and, that's so smart. Right? Yeah. And I got that from Flat TV and Gary V and whatnot. I realized even myself as a consumer of podcasts, that actually worked for me. So I was like, if it works for me, it must work for millions of people. So maybe yeah. I should start doing that. Now, I also got some quote unquote backlash for it from some people who are like, when we listen to those clips, it keeps us on edge because we want to know more, but you know, <laughs> episode is not launched. We can't do that. I'm like, I sort of get it. So at some point I was like, should I keep doing this? 
I made sure that my clips now are more complete, a little bit longer than I used to before. Because before, at some point, I even released like two minute, three minute clips. For me, they were interesting because they really like super niche, super focused on one topic. But I felt like people needed a little bit more than that because when you're listening to a podcast, you don't just want it to end in three minutes. You yeah. want it to be at least seven to 10 minutes long. Exactly. Yeah. I also got that feedback that people love the like 10-ish minute episodes right. because it's just like, it's just like this. When you drive to the grocery store, you just yeah. listen to that episode. Like you don't want to listen to 45 minutes, like a 45 minute episode and then having to pause. Like a lot of people, they just yeah. want to listen to the whole thing. So, and I also wanted to say like content repurposing is huge. Like when you have the content, like an interview in our case, see how you can use that in several ways like people also like to consume and content in different ways like you mentioned some people they like to listen to a 45 minute interview some people they just want like 10 minutes they just want the takeaway and then move on with their life like some people like the two minute clips and some people like to read other people like to listen other people like to watch you know so if you can give at least several different ways to consume content that's just that's just awesome and makes your podcast more accessible also so yeah i definitely recommend that and also for yourself you can just give out valuable content without overwhelming yourself to create more and more and more another way that i made sure that i have a lot of valuable content is i actually started recently working with a co-host on my podcast and I don't see many people do this. So I know that I'm going to be traveling in the next few months. And I was like, okay, how am I going to do that with the podcast? Like, I want to make sure that my sound quality is good. I don't know what internet is going to be like. So at first I was like, okay, I'm just going to record a bunch of episodes before I leave. And I did do that. But then I was also like, there are so many people who want to start a podcast or want to do interviews. And they don't want to like go through the whole process of setting it up. And, you know, so I was like, and I already have an audience. Like, I also know that people are interested in just like speaking to my audience so i was like you know what i'm just gonna see if if someone wants to hop on and be a host for my podcast i just treated it like a job application this is what i'm looking for this is what i can offer not money but i can offer you my audience and myself as like the knowledge that i have my mentorship and a few people replied to that and i met an awesome awesome lady who now is my co-host and she has been such an asset to my podcast also just with the ideas that she brings and someone to brainstorm with so i also just wanted to say that not necessarily repurposing content but also in content creation you can get so creative and i love that about podcasting also to your point my podcast started as a solo podcast i did it for like a year and a half as a solo show within like six months i started posting an episode a week and within a year and a half i was like okay i'm gonna try with my first guest audio quality was horrendous. I didn't know what I was doing. The questions were not as natural as they are today. And so I was pretty stuck up at that point. And then as time went on and I started getting like more and more guests, I turned this podcast into a conversational podcast. I definitely enjoy this kind of experience where you're actually learning from someone, conversing with someone. And I try to make it as casual as possible. So that, you know, we literally like talk about something we both love or something that I know nothing about. And I just ask questions that other people might ask themselves and I hope to provide them with the answer. It Uh definitely feels more creative to be conversing with someone about a topic that you both care about. And that definitely brought the best out of my podcast. Now I have expert opinions on things that I already believe in. Like I already believe in podcasting and to have you on with all your experience 
only adds to the experience on my podcast. Talking with people who are super passionate about what they do is a blessing in itself. Like it doesn't even have to make money. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, how cool is it that you can have an expert on your podcast and you can ask anything you want and you don't even pay for that? You know, like how cool is that? I also had people on my podcast and they they gave me so many tips for like business tips and also podcasting tips. Like it's not like I know everything about podcasting. Like no one knows everything. There's a lot of different opinions and different experiences. So I think it's so valuable to hear that from people who have been doing this for a long time. So yeah, I mean, such an opportunity. It's crazy. Seasons are no seasons. Ooh, that's a difficult one. So I have two podcasts and one has seasons and the other one has no seasons. Okay. So I think that answers the question that I cannot I cannot pick. I think yeah. it really depends on what you want to do with the podcast. The Podcast Babes is the podcast for my company, which is also called The Podcast Babes. And it's more educational content. So what I want to do in my episodes, I want to inspire podcasters to create a podcast. And I want to give them tips on how to monetize, how to grow their audience. So that's those episodes. I work in seasons because it gives me and my team a start and end date of okay this is what we're going to be working on it's one project and then we have a break between episodes so that i can create more content so that i can record but also look at the stats see what's working what's not working we can do a launch if you will like at the start of the season we can also do something special at the end of the season to celebrate the season i usually have some kind of sale or something to offer because my business podcast like i said for digital nomad stories which started as my passion project and is honestly also a business now i don't have seasons Like I mentioned, I started releasing content really consistently every single week and now twice a week because I want to grow an audience there. The Podcast Babes is more to provide value to the audience that's already there. And of course, it would also be really cool if people would find my podcast and then hear about what I have to talk about and then buy my services and become a client. But it's more about like providing that these tips and this educational content digital nomad stories is more about inspiring people with the interviews that i do and to grow an audience literally from scratch i think it's really important to be consistent so that's what i started doing and that's like i said that's also how i really grew my podcast slowly (laughs) but consistently so yeah i don't do seasons there especially also because i think that inspiring content you just always need that kind of you know like you always need to listen to that so it really depends and also I, now I work with sponsors and they want to see content going out consistently because they pay me to do that. Right. Um, right. So it becomes even more important. Okay, depends. Well, can I give you my opinion? On yes, this? please. My show is a seasonal show. But the reason for that is that when I started in early 2019, I didn't know what I was doing. I just wanted to get into podcasting. So I started doing it. So I called it season one, episode one, season one, episode two. And it wasn't even called Clarity back then. I think it was called Game Over or something like that. I reached a point where I was like, it was too broad. I was talking about all the things I'm interested in. So there was football and then there was movies and then there was like life tips and it made no sense. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to stop here and do better with season two. So I got to season two and I tried to do the same thing. I changed the marketing, called it the age of transformation because it was a transformation for me, but it was also because I worked in digital marketing and we were in the midst of all of that. And I wanted to talk a little bit more about marketing. So I called it the age of transformation. And then within like 10 episodes, I was like, okay, now I know exactly what I want. So I'm gonna start a third season, but this time I'm gonna go with it until I stop podcasting. 
because I also want people to come to my podcast and to see season three, episode 150. <laughs> for people to see 150, they'll be like, okay, this guy's been doing it for far too long, so he trusts him more. Well, I don't know if I agree with you though, because if my podcast, The Podcast Babes, we're at season seven now. Uh, already working on season eight but season seven needs to release the episodes and i've had people say like oh my god season seven already so even if a season like in my case most seasons are 22 episodes so it is a lot of content but it doesn't really matter like even if your season has 10 episodes so that means that you would have 70 episodes at the end of season seven right that it's still like, oh my god, season seven, like, whoa. Oh, um, sorry. Yeah. That is the feedback that I got, but I also did that, by the way, at the Digital Nomad Stories. I also started it at a different name, different concept, Branding. different format. Yeah. And I also rebranded after a long break. Technically, it's called season two. So I actually did the same as you, but we're already at episode 90 almost, I think, of season two. Sure. So it's it's a while <laughs> that we've been doing that. So yeah, that's why I didn't really call it a seasonal podcast. Just like you, I don't intend to go into season three anytime soon or maybe anytime at all. See, like that's my dilemma right now, because now you told me about this whole season thing. And it's true, like when I watch a show, a TV show, and it had like seven seasons, I'm like, this must be pretty good. I mean, it doesn't mean it's always good, but if they held on for like seven seasons, even if yeah. it's 10 episodes a season, it means that this show has been renewed again and again and again. So you're giving me ideas now. And uh, it also depends on the meaning that you want to give to, to a new season, right? So at the Podcast Babes, it's always the Podcast Babes. It's the same name, same format, same concept. And when there is a new, new season, then we make it a bit of a launch and get more eyes on the podcast. And usually the first episode performs really well because people are like, oh, what is this new season about? So that's pretty cool. That's, that's the main reason why we do it. But the format is actually always the same. You also don't have to rebrand and make everything different every season, right? You're the podcaster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What she said is super interesting because people like new stuff. If it's the same show that's been going on for like 200 episodes, the newness fades away. So that actually makes a lot of sense. Thank you for that. It's super interesting. Yeah, of um, course. I got a couple more for you. Podcast artwork or pictures of your guests? Podcast artwork. Okay. For branding reasons, I'm guessing? Yes, 100%. You want to make it recognizable. I say two, well, two more. Uh, <laughs> Your face on the artwork or no face on the artwork? Yes, face on the artwork. It kind of depends though. I think it really depends on the format of the podcast. But as the host, we have a pretty important role in the podcast. And I also have my podcast to build a brand for myself. I want people to know me, build a network. So then, yes, you want your face on the cover. You just want people to recognize you and to know what you look like so that they can trust you. That's me again. Last one then. What's more important if you had to choose only one, sound quality or guest quality? Oh man, um, 100% guest quality. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. I've had guests on a show that their sound quality was actually pretty bad, but I find that audiences in general are pretty forgiving for the guest. I think host sound quality is important. And of course you want to get the best sound quality as, that you can get, but I do think that good content over good sound, yes. That's awesome. Well, we'll close it with that. Thank you so much for answering all of my questions for being an amazing guest. I really had fun recording this and chatting with you about podcasting. I've definitely learned so much. Where can people find you? I want people to head to your podcast because I listened to a couple of episodes and I definitely enjoyed them. So 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me and for your amazing questions. I really like the this or that section of the podcast as well. So yeah, I thought that was really cool. You can find the podcast babes at thepodcastbabes.com slash podcast. You can find the other podcast, Digital Nomad Stories, as digitalnomadstories.co. We didn't get the chance today to talk about digital nomad life, but if you're interested in that, then definitely check out that podcast. We talk about that every week. So yeah, hopefully that uh, clarifies a little bit there soon. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I will definitely add all the links to the description. Thank you again for being such an awesome guest. There you have it, folks. Thank you for tuning in again. This has been Clarity with TK with Anne Klassen. And next time, peace.